welcome to episode 18 of the Mindfulness Hub. I am truly grateful with every listener from the 32 different countries who joins this beautiful space called the Mindfulness Hub. Thank you for being part of our Mindful Tribe, for being here and for supporting this project that came from my heart. Our Hub was created for sharing mindfulness topics that will improve your lifestyle, boost your mood, give you space to relax, and of course, reconnect with your inner peace. If this is your first time here, then welcome to this curated space for unwinding, distressing, and reconnecting with ourselves. My name is Eileen Perez, and this is the Mindfulness Hub. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, share, and message. Feel free to reach me via email, aileen.yoga at gmail.com or through Instagram at aileen underscore yoga to mention any mindfulness topics you'd like me to discuss in the upcoming episodes. Today, we have a very, very special guest. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Hello, Ahmed. Hey, man. Big shout out. It's glad to be, um, what, your official first guest? Yes, and um, it's actually the official first video recording okay. of okay. the podcast okay. as well. And I feel so honored of having you here. I'm because honored to be here. I'm you're you're a radio here. host. I'm and honored. <laughs> no, honestly, I'm honored to be here. I'm humbled. Um, and I love all the stuff that you do. And I'm a big fan. And to see you venture into the podcasting world is actually exciting. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be fun. And you're going to enjoy meeting so many people, honestly. No. So tell us more about how's the week going? Are you ready for the Rito Marathon? <laughs> okay, so when it comes to the marathon, I think I've been um, preparing for the past maybe, well, throughout the year I've been running, but I actually haven't been running for the marathon. I've been running just on a daily basis. So, but when the marathon got closer, I just increased my workout tempo, the distance and intensive workouts, just to be on that extra fit level, you know. Um, this is my second half marathon. The first one was um, an amateur's, beginner's kind of trial. I finished it in around two hours, which is, it's an okay kind of number. Um, but throughout the year, my pace went better. I, um, I was running at a six pace. Now I'm running at a four uh, 32, 4, sometimes my fastest would be 4.06, uh, aiming by next year to get into the 3 level pace, um, and hopefully. So this year I'm planning to break a personal record, you know, personal best, mm -hmm. and uh, hopefully if the odds are uh, with my favor, even though there's elite runners coming from you know all over the world. So it's going to be rough um, to compete with, what's the word, professional experienced runners. But again, uh, it's an experience and you learn. And I think the more you compete, the more you engage in that running community, the more you learn and the more you get better. And knowing my dedication and my commitment throughout the year, uh, I think I've been running for almost, let's say from 21. Uh, so maybe like, um, let's say maybe a year and a half or so. And, and I have friends who are in the field as professionals also Olympians and stuff like that. So they've been viewing my, you know, effort and they were like, and also my numbers and they're like, you're actually a talent runner. So you have the talent uh, and you have the commitment because I'm running throughout the year. You know, if it's May, <laughs> I'm running in May. If it's April, I'm running in April. If it's August or even June, January, I'm running. 
But of course, I just changed my timings. Um, so they saw that commitment. They saw the numbers. They Because I always share my data. I'm like, hey, what do you think? Uh, I like to hear the feedbacks of people who are who are in the field or have more experience than I mean, because you learn, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, no, you have a bright future. Just keep on going. But honestly, when I started running, um, my aim wasn't really to compete. Okay. I had no interest to be in a competition whatsoever. And that goes to the question that I was going to yeah. ask you, like what made you fall in love with running? Um, this is good tea, by the way. <laughs> Let me sip on that one. It's the vanilla black tea, I think, right? That's choice. Yeah. I trust people who have good taste in tea, by the way. You they can tell they have a good taste good in life, I'm telling you. <laughs> Yeah. So who has a taste? You or the cameraman? And mine. the tea. That's your taste? I got it as a gift, so okay. it counts as mine. Okay, it counts as yours. <laughs> I can see it. I can feel it. So um, when I started running, honestly, so just to go back to the early stages, I, I come orig- originally from an athletic background. Mm-hmm. I used to play tennis for at least eight, nine years. Um, I was going to make it to the national team, but I didn't. Um and then afterwards, I ventured into bodybuilding. Then I played bodybuilding for like eight years. I have other pictures. If you see me, you'd be like, oh, how did you jump into <laughs> running from bodybuilding? Um, so I was always into sports in general, to be honest. But running for me, I remember I was 29 years old. And at the time, I've been through a bit of a rough patch where uh, I lost one of my parents. And, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, it's all good. Uh, so mentally... And this goes back to mindfulness and also wellness and mental health and, and stuff like that. So, hey. I forgot to mention that we have a second special guest here. You're going to meet him soon. Oh, yeah, Mr. Maxi. <laughs> Come here. You better not be doing anything. Selecting other type of tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come here. Yeah. Sit. So... You know, but this goes back to that conversation of mental health and also mindfulness and, and, and being aware of your emotions. So when I started, um, when I turned 29, it, the pandemic was already around, what, two years, you know, uh, at the process? Almost three, I think. Three years. 20, yeah, almost No, when three. I turned 20, because I'm 31 now. So uh, at that age, I think it was, I think it was 2020, you yeah. know, around 2020. Mm-hmm um what 2021 so two years and something were already passed in the pandemic in those two years i think i was going through a bit of a silent griefing where i was in denial where i was like i'm not really griefing i used to write a lot because uh it's also a part of my major so i'm more into literature and writing and poetry so i i was grieving through literature so i used to write a lot and stuff like that um it helped me compass throughout a lot of my emotions uh it helped me navigate a lot of what i'm feeling and also it made me breathe a lot better by letting all these toxins into the paper um but um a year later you know my other parent got sick and then they you know they passed away so when i tried to do the same way uh, or try to the same techniques and methods to detox the grief and so on i realized that it wasn't really doing much before and and this takes me into um, a conversation where sometimes what worked for you in the past is not going to work for you in the present. So you always have to navigate new ways to actually help yourself um, 
heal from a lot of stuff, you know, whether it's uh, emotions or just a lot of baggage of negativity and stuff like that. So when I tried to write, I realized, okay, this is not doing well. What can I do uh, that could make me feel better? The conversation was there, but there was no actions. So I forgot about it. I just lived my day-to-day -day life carrying a lot of grief. Um, and then I realized, hey, you know what? I'm getting fat. Um, I'm losing my <laughs> athletic abilities. I'm not fit. The pandemic got to me. The, the griefness got to me. And I was just doing a lot of toxic behaviors throughout the week, like just partying, mm -hmm. going out, staying up late. And I'm like, you know, when deep down, you know, this is not you. Of course. Have you ever had that? And yeah. you realize and like, hey, this is not, this is really not me. You know? It's just like a holiday and but it's not going anywhere. Exactly. You, know? <laughs> you think that it's taking you somewhere, but it's just like making you feel lost. Exactly, mm -hmm. you know, and then, and I've noticed even the people who were doing this, mm -hmm. they were also lost, but the way that they were dealing with that loss, it was very unhealthy. They were just, you know, potting the pain away. And I'm like, yo, this I is not that. really a way to, to deal with your emotions. And plus you're, you're an adult. As an adult, you need to navigate, you need to learn how to be better, you need to deal with your emotions. And you spending all this money and, and, and just partying all the time is not a way to deal with it. You know? It's like a temporary relief now that you mentioned that. And it's very interesting because I feel like nowadays people don't um, venture into healing because they prefer temporary reliefs. Yeah. Because it's easier. It's easier to like binge. It's easier to smoke a cigarette and become addicted to it. It's yeah. easier to just like have toxic behaviors, as you, as you mentioned. Yeah instead of sitting down and being like, okay, I need to fix what's hurting me. Yeah. Um, so, which takes more work as well. It does. And, and, and that's, see, here's the thing. Um, when I was doing that, I realized that it's not me. I'm doing something wrong. Subconsciously, there was a conversation. But again, I wasn't also, you know, when you have a lot of subconscious conversation, but it's mm -hmm. not really up in the surface. It's just there. There's some sort of an alarm that tells you something is what you're doing is wrong. Until you mentally actually venture and have that self-conversation. So I walked into the gym one day, regular day. There was a guy who was running on the treadmill. And I used to see this guy always running. He's in his <laughs> mid, uh, I think maybe early 40s. Um, he's fit. He runs for a long time. I see him running for like at least an hour. Always oh. on a good speed, on a good pace. For your mind, for, for your listeners and also for yourself, I used to hate running. <laughs> I had I really did not like running, you know. For any specific reason? Just... I just didn't like it. I just didn't see it as an interesting sport, okay. you know. I, and I never thought in my mind that I would do this, you know. Like, what is running? You know what I mean? Honestly, like this coming from that athletic background, I was like, it's and bodybuilding and mm -hmm. weights. You know, they're not into cardio, so you tell a bodybuilder like, especially from bodybuilding. <laughs> I'm I'm skipping cardio. You know, <laughs> cardio can stay on the side. So for some reason, this guy influenced me, and I started using the treadmill. I started running. I started doing just one kilometer, two kilometer. Mm -hmm. um, one day I made a, a personal goal and I was like, you know what? Let me run five kilometers on the, on the treadmill. And I did. It took me a long time though. It took me like three months, four months. I was working. I was building it. I was consistent. Um, my birthday was coming up and I made a promise to myself. I was like, on my birthday, I am going to run on the treadmill uh, 10 kilometers. Oh, well done. You know, and... Why I started doing this also is because I started realizing that I feel better, you know, mentally. I felt I'm more 
relieved. But I didn't, I wasn't aware of that conversation yet, but I would just go back home after the workout. I'm like, oof, I feel really good. My mood is better. There's not a lot of anger uh, inside of me. I don't blow up easily. It takes me um, a long time to get anxious about something. So as if I was drugged throughout the day, mm -hmm. you know, and the days that I don't run, I realize that, hey, I'm in a really bad mood. There's something missing. Something is missing. <laughs> There's a lot of toxins inside of me. So I had a couple of weeks before I turned 30. I made that pack, uh, impact, uh, that promise to myself. Ran outside, did my first, uh, did 10 kilometers on the treadmill, and afterwards, uh, it was an achievement. It was it was an achievement that I've never done in my life. It made me feel very happy. Of course, the pace was slow, but that wasn't really what mattered. Mm -hmm. um, and then my mind was like, "Hey, why don't we venture into running? Let's see what it's look like." So I started running outdoors from the gym and the treadmill, and that was a whole different kind of like league. So what I'm trying to say is at the exact moment, I learned how to set goals, but realistic goals. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't want to run a marathon from the first Stay 10 away. kilometers. No, mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, after your 10 kilometers, how about you practice outside? Because running outside is a different feel mm -hmm. than treadmills. So the more I realized that I was setting realistic goals, the more happier and mentally I was feeling uh, when I reached those goals. And the more I knew how my day is going to start when I started building up a routine. And of course, later on, I started doing some research and a lot of, um, you know, um, a lot of psychological papers and research were recommending that everyone should have a routine because humans mentally, they feel more relaxed when they know what's happening next. Um, it gives you a good momentum, especially if you start early in the day. There's just like key elements for wellness, you know. So I didn't know that. But when I started knowing that, I realized that, hey, I'm doing something very positive. It's, it has a big impact on me. I stopped partying. I stopped going out late. Uh, I started eating more healthier. I started feeling better. I started looking better. Uh, the fat in my body dropped. Um, and, I, and I can show you pictures before and after. And I was like, oof. You know what I mean? I went from um a lot of fat percentage to low fat percentage to looking lean to looking <laughs> non fat percentage yeah you know and and and, and 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 i felt comfortable in my clothes you know and mm -hmm. i felt comfortable in and and how i even sit how i walk how um even digestively i felt better you know um of course you have to look into nutrition also as that part so to cut it short when i set that goal and i was realistic with that goal uh, and I learned that setting goals was good uh, and it makes you feel better uh, mentally and it, it helps you de-stress. I realized that this is also a source of, um, of, of mindful uh, meditation for me throughout excessive sports. And I, I find great that you pointed out how important it is to pick realistic yeah. goals because I know so many people that get very um, hyped on doing something and because they don't achieve it straight away then they just drop everything yeah. so and uh, there's this book called atomic habits mm -hmm. and they also mention the importance of daily daily small steps rather than jumping into a big outcome that it's more likely to fail rather than going step by step yeah and it, it's very easy for example now that the, you're talking about marathons if I decide to run a marathon tomorrow in certain time, even if I'm fit, but I haven't prepared, 
at all, um, I have a big chance of failing. There is a percentage that I may achieve it, but realistically, I have a higher chance of failing. And when we focus on the big outcome rather than small steps, we, we miss a big important part that is just commitment and yeah. consistency yeah because especially if if you come from a sports background you understand how important it is to stay consistent oh yes yes that's a big element by the way and that's something that i learned as well throughout and, the years yeah. um I, I used to run i used to do gymnastics and no matter how hard you train for one week if you're not staying consistent throughout the entire season you're not going anywhere yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that's probably one of the mindful tips I would like to to share again with the audience. Um, just stay committed to your daily routine and make realistic goals rather than jumping into very ambitious outcomes without any preparation. Yeah. Because we can be lucky, but it's more important to create a solid routine that you're going to respect every day and it becomes a habit yeah yeah so um i wanted to ask you because now that you mentioned how running became like your meditation in movement um how do you find that running helped you to clear your mind you know uh, a lot of the times What's the funny thing? I remember I heard something yesterday that was saying um, if you were doing the uh, the wrong things for the right reasons, <laughs> eventually you'll get it right. You know what I mean? But I was doing the right thing for the right reason, but I, I didn't know that I was doing the right thing. You know, I was just doing something that made me feel good, but my mind didn't process the process itself. It was just saying, hey, you like this? Uh, it's like an addiction. You know what I mean? There was no um, subtle conversations of why there's an addiction. Um, and I realized that after a while, Hey, I like this. I like the results. I like how I'm feeling. And for some reason, you're 100% committed. You wake up every day at 6am, you walk the dog, you feed the cats. Next thing you know, you're in the car, you get your espresso shot, your pre-workout protein. And then you got your running shoes and then you're just doing the mile. In the pearl. In the when pearl. When I wave, I'm like, hey, Ahmed, <laughs> one more day running. I was like, who's this person waving? You know what I mean? <laughs> but then again, people wave to runners. And that's that's one of the... Do they? They do. They do. Uh, for some reason, they see you running. They, You get them hyped up. You know, they enjoy it. I mean, the first time I waved, I thought it was... The- I thought it was you and I'm glad it was you. Otherwise, yeah. it would have been super creepy that I was waving to someone random. Yeah. I mean, also because you got a really bright color of a car. Oh, so well, that's <laughs> good to know. You got that red color. So you were like, okay, who's that? You can definitely see it spot on. But, you know, and and when I when I started doing that, um, and then I started getting feedback from people, they're like, here's the thing that I also want to add. Sometimes you could be doing the right thing. Sometimes you could be committed. But then the comments that you get from people that it could turn you off, it oh, could make you stop doing the definitely. process. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, and what I'm saying this now is you don't owe anyone an explanation. Mm-hmm. Hey, you do something that is good for you, that is healthy for you. you inshallah, you collect little, you know, coins. You know what I mean? If that mm-hmm. makes you mentally stimulated, do you, bro. You don't have to explain it to anyone. If you want to showcase it to the world, showcase it to the world. You know what I mean? I totally feel you. I mean, it happens to me all the time, especially after yeah. after diving, either in the water or in the sky. I feel yeah. I feel many people criticize it, but they don't understand 
how good it is, this is for your mental health and yeah. for your for your, for your emotional health. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, as you say, and I totally agree with that, you don't owe any explanation to anyone. So yeah. just like filter those comments. But at the beginning, um, I guess it's it's very important to have this support. I mean, you're not always going to find support. But when you do, let's say you get a 1% Support do you get system. any support from your friends when you begin marathons or have marathons? Honestly, I'm not very I'm not very vocal about my goals. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm just you wake up one day and you see me in a marathon. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not kind of person of full of surprises. But in, in in reality, because I was just showing my day-to-day journal mm-hmm. on Instagram. Like I wake up, I do my run. I was just posting a regular stories. You know what I mean? And then people saw that there's a lot of repetitiveness happening. Like you do this every four or three times a week and you don't get bored. You don't get tired. Honestly, I realized that no, I'm not. And I'm benefiting out of it. And then one day um, it hits me that. I can mentally navigate better because while I'm doing the distance, after the first five kilometers, my legs, they start to heat up. The energy mm-hmm. starts, um, you know, the body is, is, it's in full on mode. And I realized that my mind navigate better when I'm under physical pressure. So I think a lot about things and conversations that I can't think about if I'm sand, if I'm sitting comfortable or sitting in a couch doing nothing. So I realized that I was actually having conversation about things that were pissing me off. Interesting. And I was dealing with them and I was and I was somehow going into the archives and like, I remember that day in 19. <laughs> really, you know, and I'm like, no I didn't way. like what they sent to me. And then I'm like, you know what, you could be a better person. You could be a bigger person. So my mind now, I'm sure there's some sort of a scientific conversation to this that could explain the hormones that go through your mind and also the, your nerve system. Mm-hmm. But I was having that conversation. I was dealing with a lot of archived conversations. I was pushing them on the side. Even on day-to-day basis, the things that happened that pissed me off at work, I would realize that I am having that conversation with myself while I'm running. How do you feel about that treatment that you had at work? And I'm doing like hardcore distance. Mm -hmm. But yet again, I'm not even thinking about the distance. I'm just thinking about all the things that piss me off. You know what I mean? And I'm like, you're better than that. And I was always putting a solution to the anger that was in me. Um, and also because I come from an anger management, you know, background, so a lot of anger and stuff like that. So dealing with that, um, really made me realize that, Hey, this is a really sense of meditation. It's a very sense of, uh, this is, a um, something that you're doing that is helping you not just navigate through your loss or your grief, because I started thinking about my parents. I started dealing about the emotions, the conversations, uh, the loss, how to deal with the loss. And one thing about distance running or running itself, for me, it it taught me mental toughness. Like you go through all that pain, you're starting to lose a nail while of you're course. running. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I lost like four nails already. You know what I mean? So, I can imagine. Yeah, I would like, to ask, does it hurt? <laughs> of course yeah, you, it hurts. you don't want me to take these socks off. It's not a, it's not a pretty sight. But I have a quick question yeah, now you mentioned ahead. that. Um, I actually have two questions. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. The first one is, you know, there's the people that I've met that do long distance. They always tell me the same thing that you're sharing, which is you enter to some sort of bubble of clarity. Yeah. And you're so aware of your mind. So before having this episode, I was reading about mindfulness while running. And 
everything clicks because you start becoming very aware of your body. Yeah. So then you start just having some sort of introspection. So yeah. you're going to have a lot of awareness um, about what's going on in your mind. Okay. Um, so yeah, because you said like definitely, definitely there's changes happening and there are many changes happening even when we are like doing any sport that makes us feel. Yeah. Here's the thing. I've done a lot of sports. Mm -hmm. I never felt this adrenaline rush. Oh, really? Never in my life. And I'm telling you, I've tried everything. I've tried tennis. I've tried bodybuilding. um, Other kind of sports. I tried football. Bodybuilding sounds very interesting. I've been watching. I mean, I must confess to the audience that I love watching strongman classic competitions. Arnold Strongman, all this kind of stuff. You will never imagine that from a small person like me, but I love watching that kind of stuff. I love classic physique, yeah. But this is like uh, strength competitions. And I saw one episode that they went to a bodybuilding competition. And it's a total, it's a different discipline. It's different. I mean, both of them are, they're not easy sports, just to be honest. Like, so props up to everyone who's doing it in that field. It's its the diet, the food, the, the dedication, and the money you pay into it. it seems to be very tough because you have to get a lot of definition in each muscle. A lot, and then there's hormones involved. And, I you see. know, And then you have mm-hmm. to take the right hormones with the right doctors. It, um, you know, because the idea of you competing in that, stage as mm-hmm. a natural bodybuilder is a myth you know what i mean so you, you used can, to get the tan as well like the i never tan. used to compete but i had a okay. lot of friends who used to compete you know what i mean um mm-hmm. in that field and they were they went to like international competitions they use the tan, they use the tan <laughs> spray and you can see them like smudging each other with the tan but but for me i was never a fan of 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 just um getting into cycles like they would mm-hmm. offer me be like hey okay you want to start using growth hormones you want to start using testosterone you want to start using dk and all these and i'll be like hey, look honestly i'm not in it for the competition mm-hmm. i my goal is not to compete if i wanted to i would do it you know so i stayed clean i stayed natural i stayed as it is and of course at some point it, it would bother you because you're not gaining that same muscle mass that they're gaining when mm-hmm. they're on you know on the juice like they say i see um at some point it ticks with you but they had a goal they had a purpose mm-hmm. i didn't have that goal so i didn't really connect with that sport as much i love it it's a part of me growing up it it it, it made me who i am today but it never gave me the same mind clarity it never helped me uh feel better as much as i did when i'm doing this sport i feel better afterwards while I'm running, I'm actually very angry, by the way, um, mm-hmm. which I always try to calm myself. I don't know why I get triggered. So I'm, I'm kind of in a really eh, crappy mood uh, while I'm running. You know what I mean? Um, and I usually get into a lot of arguments and fights with drivers because, you know, they try to. Uh, oh, I, I totally understand that. You, know, you have the right here. <laughs> no, I know. But like, again, which I had a friend who's who's in that background of therapy and I was having a conversation with him and he was like interesting because most runners they would be in a good mood while they're running you know what I mean but if you're in a bad mood that means you're you're navigating through negative emotions at that moment so uh, all I'm just trying to say is that I realized that it was a sort of meditation and then I started following people who were doing the same thing that I was doing from that point I realized that I am getting something very beneficial out of it I started ignoring the negative feedbacks that I was getting from people oh you're crazy you're doing this in the heat doing this etc etc i didn't listen to them i just kept doing me and at some point those who were judging and those who didn't believe in you or those who didn't see sense in what you're doing um at some point when you when they see the dedications when they see the changes when they see the the accomplishments that you're doing 
the change in your physique, the change in your pace, the change in your, um, uh, even your environment, they want to come in and support you. So all I'm saying is because that comes with that baggage. If you're into that kind of, kind of sport or even looking into something that is going to help you feel better mindfully, don't let the kind of side conversations distract you. Keep staying, stay focused, keep aiming for your goal, keep doing what you got to do. And then at some point you will see that the tree will bear fruit at some point. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter how long it takes. And this is one thing that I learned from running the distance. Patience is key. Don't rush it. You know what I mean? Don't run fast. Run at your pace. Relax. You know what I mean? You are not stronger than the distance if you're going to rush it. You know what I mean? The distance is a very, it's... It's like you're climbing a mountain, but it's a flat mountain. You know what I mean? I Don't rush it. Um, and there's going to be a lot of conversations on the side. There's going to be a lot of obstacles. There's going to be a lot of pain. But the reward is beautiful once you finish that distance. The sense of accomplishments. And of then course. the goals, they build up. The more you achieve, the more you get hooked on building more goals. Oh, I've done seven today. I want to do 10. 10, I want to do 15. 15, I want to do, you know, 17, 17. Oh, mm-hmm. great. Now I want to do half, half. a marathon. Mm-hmm. And uh, that takes me to my first half marathon. I uh, I woke up one day and a friend was, uh, and then I started make, meeting people. And then they started sending me links on Instagram. And they were like, by the way, there's a, there's the Rita Marathon coming up your way. Uh, why don't you sign up? At the time, I think I was already running for six months. That was just my, you know, um, my number of how long I've been doing running for. I was like, oh, I'm not going to do a half a marathon, you know. That's crazy. I'm going to do 10K. Everyone was actually telling me to do 10 kilometers because they're like, you run it every day. But it didn't make sense to me. It didn't feel like it's an accomplishment because I'm doing this every time. Every day. You know what I mean? I needed something that, that is more challenging to me. Um, and they were like, you're crazy. You're running only for six months. You're going to do half a marathon. I'm like, I'm going to do it. So I went to Dorito and I signed up for the half a marathon. This is last year. This was last year. Okay. <laughs> this was last year. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do the half half the marathon uh, and just what it is what it is you know what's gonna happen it's gonna happen i did it i finished in two hours and three minutes beautiful but i took my socks off um, there was just blood there all was over. Blo- oh my god everywhere you know what i mean there's like there's like blood on your feet everywhere it was a disgusting view do you get blood in your in your skin because i know that sometimes the friction can cause some sort of like uh scrapes in the arms and the legs uh I mean, if I do, I don't recommend wearing leggings while you're running. Oh, really? Yeah, because I mean, just find a certain brand that is tested out because there's certain brands that are not really good. So you might get a lot of scrapes, you know, in your thighs while you're running. So I recommend getting like good running shorts, invest in good running gear. You have to, you know, good running shoes, good running shorts. They have to be very breathable because you Mm. will heat up. You know what I mean? Um, But at some point uh, I didn't get that damage. I don't know. You know, mostly <laughs> my nails were the, my toes were, were the worst. You know, it sounds very painful. Very, very. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. And I was <laughs> kind of like toes, you know. Like. And what I was going to ask you is, well, I know that long distance, like, builds a lot of physical resilience. Yeah. But do you find that this physical resilience gets some sort of shown in mental resilience emotional resilience if you're not mentally tough you're not going to be able to do this like how do you convince yourself to keep going when you're very exhausted you know that's that's a really good question actually thank you for asking that because 
this takes me to a really good incident that I had a few weeks back. Um, so my aim developed from running the marathon to wanting to get personal best records. Okay. I don't want to do it in two hours. What am I, a turtle? I want to do better. <laughs> really, I woke up, I was like, no, I want to be faster because I started seeing numbers. And I was like, the hell with that. I want to do better numbers. <laughs> so the goal shifted. Yeah, yeah, you can run the distance, but how fast can you run the distance? Mm-hmm. Now the conversation changed. So one day I was running and I think I've, I've ran too much back to back. I usually take a day off to mm-hmm. relax, do some stretch. Um, so one day I was running in the back of the Pearl and I was supposed to do, I think 10 kilometers or something like that. My daily, my soft, you know, my, my easy days. I was in a lot of pain in my legs and I just couldn't. And my mind was telling me to quit, but um, I wanted to quit, but my mind was telling me, you know, don't quit. You've never quit in your life, you know? And I took that conversation personal. You know, that's my issue when it comes to running. I take it as a personal dialogue. And I was like, what do you mean? So you're going to quit because your legs are in pain. You're supposed to go through pain. You're supposed mm-hmm. to have a pain barrier. It doesn't matter how fit you are. You will feel the pain. A pain is a necessity to grow. You know what I mean? So for me at that moment, I really was going to stop. I was feeling horrible pain in my legs. They were too cold. Um, they weren't they weren't stretched very well when I I I, I rushed my uh, um, to start my workout mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't stretch properly so by the time I got to that five kilometer I was in deep pain I was like you know what that's it I'm gonna stop and just walk back to the car I saw an old guy running in front of me uh, and and I was like you know what let me let me catch this old guy and he wasn't that old he was maybe early forties like yeah. <laughs> so I saw that guy running. <laughs> And I was like, you know what? I want to catch that guy. And I ran behind him. Surprisingly, that guy was pretty fast. <laughs> so it made me, a, it, it challenged me. I realized that my, when I set a goal while I have a goal, my mind was focusing on this small goal to reach the ultimate goal. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like steps. My mind was like, okay, catch this guy. If you catch this guy, then you can go back home. You know, just yeah. a little treat. I couldn't catch him. The faster he was going, the faster I was going. I look into my clock and I'm like, whoa, I'm running at a four something pace. And this was the fastest that I've ever done. Hmm. And the most day that I felt horribly when I felt like I want to quit, I broke a personal record. No way. I ran 10 kilometers in 40 something minutes. Congratulations. You know, and, <laughs> and I laughed. I laughed. I looked at the clock and I looked at this old guy. Of course, he was too fast. And then he just, but I believe that he's he a, left. just disappeared between the bushes. You know, yeah. maybe he was there for a purpose. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you, you see these things that you can, uh, you see it as you see it, but things don't just happen like that. And then when I, when, when I finished my 10K and I looked at the clock and I was like, whoa, this is a person. I've never reached the 40s in my life. And the day that I felt like I could not do it, but I did not give up on myself, I achieved the personal best. That was a lesson learned. Most people would just be like, oh, this is love. No, no, no. This is resilience. This is commitment. If you're really committed in the days that you feel like you can't do it, you honestly can achieve a lot. You know what I mean? If you walk with this this conversation in every aspect in your life. Because, look, life is not going to give you a break. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always going to be obstacles. There's always going to be challenges. Uh, reality owes you nothing. It's a very neutral kind of state of reality. So don't wake up and be like, 
I'm special, the world is going to give me something. It's not going to give you. <laughs> really, it doesn't work that way. You know, you have to build your own luck. You have to make your luck. You know I, mean? I also feel like the more you're in, in a sport, immersed in it, you will have enough awareness of knowing when the pain is an injury pain and when the pain is a mental barrier. Yeah. And once you click with that, you you wouldn't oh, you're not going to be as exposed as injuries as someone who is not body aware yeah. at all. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, you could get a pain that could you know, but God forbid we don't want you to reach that mm -hmm. level. But when you get just regular pain, and people they just stop from that regular pain. I know. Tell they're me like, about it. <laughs> yeah, you know they just stop. They're like, oh, okay, my my legs are too cold. I'm feeling too stiff. That's it. I'm done. And the, now that you mentioned that, um, it's so interesting how people tense themselves when they're about to deal with pain without knowing if that pain is real. Yeah. Because I feel like your mind plays a major role of yeah. making you believe, oh, this is going to be too painful. But sometimes it's not It's not even that painful. Yeah. So um, I've, I've learned a lot through running as well. I remember that when I, I was living in Palo Alto for a while. Okay. Um, where is that? In uh, Silicon Valley, where Facebook is, where, okay. Google, where all these cool things okay. are. <laughs> all the tech people. So all the tech people. I was just there doing um, some work for a Stanford doctor that was related to the condition I had, that is endometriosis. So yeah. I was just staying there, just learning about the project and stuff. And it was winter, so I was like, oh, I want to I wanna work out, but I want to do it for free. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, I'm in the U.S., technically it's safe. So I started running, and by then, because I was having a lot of hormonal treatment, I put on weight. Okay. So um, I was running, I don't know, like... Uh, Somehow, I don't want to say a slow pace, and I was—I didn't put a lot of weight. That it was like, oh my god, you became like—I don't know, Teletubby, but um, it was not my usual weight. Okay. So I started running on a daily basis, and I was doing 10, 12 kilometers per day okay. after two weeks, and I dropped like four kg in one month. Okay. So, but at the same time, my my main goal was not really dropping weight. It was it was learning how to disconnect from the world yeah. so i used to run in, in like the little forest and things like that so yeah. you reconnect with nature and i was just like observing my body in the healing process so it gave me a lot of of patience as well because yes. sometimes we yes. compare our body to who we were before yeah so for me in that moment i was not 100% recovered so I was yeah. like oh my god before you would have been able to finish this faster yeah. but then I was like okay this is the best I can do now you know why am I so hard on myself so yeah. every day I was just like going a bit a bit farther like this time I'm gonna go to the next corner this time I'm gonna go to the next tree next time I'm gonna be like I don't know a different city no? yeah. <laughs> but every day I was building up the goal with a lot of with a lot of patience yeah. so and then I went back to Peru and my mom was like, oh, what did you do? And I was like, I was running every day. <laughs> but it helped me a lot to, to create that discipline of, of having a daily practice. Yeah. Maybe in that moment, it was not yoga. I was practicing yoga, but I was not super immersed in like my daily practice, okay. my meditations and stuff. I was doing meditation. I was doing yoga, but 
I was just in that in that stage where I was discovering what was going to help me and serve me the most yeah. for my healing process. So, um, you know, something that I loved from running is how many playlists you can create. Oh, I don't yeah. know. Do you run with music? See, that's a very good question also. And, and, and just going back to what you were saying, um, I think a, I think a big part of, of, of success uh, in terms of running and also I think a lot in life. I, I used to remember these uh, words when I was a little kid. My mom would always tell me, you have to be patient. You know, you have to be patient in everything in life. Uh, patience is the key uh, to a better living. You know what I mean? And and uh, even from a theological perspective in all the Abrahamic religions, it's it's a key element of 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 life. It's a principle of life. Patience. You know what I mean? Uh, because things they just don't happen overnight. You know, it takes time to cook and to make things, uh, especially for them to be per, you know perfectionized and. Um, in what state they could be or a temporary state they could be. Um, so I took that narrative and I took that conversation and I took it to the pavement. I took it. But I think a lot of the times we know things that we don't know we know. And then mm -hmm. when they come to surface or they come to float, you're like, oh, this lesson was always stored in the back of my subconscious and now it's alive. I don't want to implement it on this one aspect of my life. I want it to be on every core element in my relationships, in my friendships, in my job, in my life, in my um, relationships with even myself. You know, I don't want to be too hard on myself. I want to be patient with myself. I don't want to push myself to the point that if I don't reach this goal in the time period that I give myself, that I'm hard on myself. Maybe I'm, I'm willing to break a better record if it, it lasts longer, you know. Mm -hmm. So I agree on that point. And going back to that question about playlist, you know, I, I, I coming from the radio background, I, I, I like to make music playlists. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I make a lot of playlists. I make a lot of playlists. And I've, I've seen the playlists you share. Yeah. I mean, the, is it connected to your, sorry to cut you, like no, no, connected to your mood or like? So when I like to run, I don't, I, I don't like to listen. I listen to a bit of hip hop and rap, and sometimes a bit mm -hmm. of house music. Eighties, nineties, any specific thing? Um, you know, two thousands. It has an amazing energy for us. Oh, I love that. Yes, <laughs> I love that. I have a whole list. It has like a, maybe one hundred and fifteen songs in it. No way. Yeah. And how many runs? How many marathons is that? <laughs> that's like, that's like two hours. I think four hours and something. You know. Oh wow. Yeah. So in total, because I think every eight tracks or so mm -hmm. is about an hour you know what i okay. mean so put in like 112 or something you, you got a lot that's of a lot that's a lot <laughs> but i don't house just doesn't do it to me while i'm running i mean i you don't know? really like this kind of music yeah now. you know jazz and blues nah yeah i'll leave that for a cigar and me wearing shirt. <laughs> so when i'm running i want to listen to a bit of you know um a bit of rap and hip-hop and a bit of reggae and stuff like that, but like hardcore, like hardcore reggae, not okay. the, not the chill reggae, you know, the like neo kind Buffalo of like, Soldier. Oh no, 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 more of like Damien Marley, you know, Ziggy Marley, these guys. <laughs> Buffalo Soldier, so that's gonna pause you, you know. But uh, I love that. Then I started making playlists on Apple playlists, and I started sharing it with mm -hmm. people to download it. And you go ahead, you know, feel free. Why not? That's what I've been seeing, and you know, you'll be surprised because I feel like. When there is this annual review on Spotify from the genres yeah. that you have explored, my playlist goes from Taylor Swift, like yeah. from something even more more exotic. It goes from 
mantra meditation and singing okay. bowls to I don't know to to corn to um, system of a down. Really? I'm yeah, I, <laughs> I, I actually like that kind of music. There, I know it's very for random, a calm person. You like for, <laughs> for being a calm, calm person, <laughs> I'm driving there with like twisted transistor. In okay. <laughs> And the next thing you know, system down. And the next the, one is like Taylor Swift. I love Taylor Swift. And the next one is something like. I know it sounds cringy for a guy to see it, but you know what? She got some good albums. She, she got has good music. I, I love Shakira as well. Yeah, okay. I mean, because she's Colombian, and in Peru, we, we knew her before she was a massive star. You know how she found out her husband was cheating on her? Of course. I, I've it? been following the entire thing. <laughs> Have you seen the last. A song she brought up. No, no, no. It has when what I wanted to say is that when when she found out her husband was cheating on her is because she found out that was the jam. The jam, was exactly. Missing. Yeah, yeah. Imagine you're bringing someone at home and they're eating the jam, and then they realize <laughs> and she's like, "Who's eating my jam?" And who's eating my jam? <laughs> and then she reached out to a point that he's cheating on. The last song she just um, brought it has like she how was many? Making fun of him driving. Oh, she has like an unbelievable amount of of replays oh, yeah. on YouTube, Spotify. Many of them are by this humble <laughs> humble person because I've been playing that song nonstop. It's very catchy. Really? Yeah. I didn't listen to it. Um, I'll share it with you. You can put it in your next playlist for Friday. Yeah, give it up, you know. <laughs> but you know what? I started, at some point, I started running without, without music. Okay, how do you find that? People called me a psychopath for some reason. They were like, well, you're a psycho. You're running 10 kilometers without nothing. I was like, yeah, without absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it was very challenging, but it was yeah. very fruitful. Really? Yeah, yeah, because you're more focused and aligned with yourself. You know what I mean? You're more focused on the road. You're more focused on the distance. You're more focused on um, the internal nav mm -hmm. conversation. Because, again, why I run, number one is for mental health. Mm -hmm. Number two is for fitness. So I prioritize mental health before the fitness um, in that aspect. So I realized, oh, bless you, we got a bless dog who's sneezing you. here. You know? So, so <laughs> I, yeah. Are you okay? Yeah, he's fine. I think he's also uh, sharing something. What do you do? You like his playlist? He's gonna say wisdom. He's like, I yeah. have a better playlist. You know, have you seen dogs that look very wise, and you're like, you're gonna say something deep. I know, right? You know? I'm so impressed on how calm he is. Yeah, he's very calm. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Is he okay? Yeah, yeah. Small breeds they have um, sometimes. So it's not the plants. No, no, no. Okay. no. no, no. <laughs> For a second, I was like, when he gets happened? hyper or when he chokes on his own saliva and stuff like that. Oh no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's small dogs. They got a lot of issues, but he's healthy. Um, so what I just wanted to say is that I tried that and it was very fruitful. Mm -hmm. You should try it, you know. I find it very challenging, I must confess. It is, but, mm -hmm. but it has a lot of benefits. I, I felt a lot better after doing that. Um, I, I think I ran around 160 kilometers without music. No way. Around that, you know what I mean? Like in total, 160 kilometers without music. That's, that's very impressive. Very impressive, very impressive. I'll, I'll, I'll try next time five kilometers with nothing. Yeah, just go dive into your thoughts. Because I like to put... To be honest, lately I've been very caught by podcasts. Okay. And I was listening to some literature podcasts. And and they just go ahead for one hour, one hour and a half, so you just run and you don't feel anything. Yeah. But I'll I'll give it a try. Yeah, go ahead. You really <laughs> should. It's um it's something that I really did enjoy and I learned so much mm -hmm. from it. And then when I came back through uh, a point where I realized, okay, I want to listen to some music and stuff like that. 
um, I can do any distance now with without music. And I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure about that, you know. But it's good to navigate with your thoughts. That's what mm-hmm. I'm just trying to say. It's if you want to have an internal conversation genuinely, if you really want to dive in deep to your subconscious and, and some of the grief or some of the anger issues that you have. Because, look, honestly, whether you like it or not, you have to have that conversation. Of course. You know, you, 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 you got to relax. You got to have that conversation. Otherwise, you're not really going to, uh, things are just going to sit still, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the big benefits that I believe that when it comes to sports and running in general is um, it that it helps you navigate um, a lot of tense, a lot of built up tension throughout the years. Mm-hmm. You know, some, some of us, we can carry that. And I don't know if you listen to a lot of um, professionals in the field, such as uh, Jabor Mate. He, he wrote a book called uh, The Myth of Normal. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about I'm sure a lot of people heard this before if they did. They focus a lot on the trauma throughout our childhood. Oh, really? And it's not the things that actually happened to us. It's also the things that didn't happen to us, Mm -hmm. you know? I see. Uh, There's a certain kind of love and tenderness that if you don't receive as a child. I'll I'll write down the name of it. It's called The Myth of Normal. I can send you some links. And he has great episodes Mm -hmm. about that. So even you as as a baby, if you're not really carried properly, uh, there was a lot of wrong... Uh, education when it comes to child discipline that they prevent a child from self-expressing from letting that anger out Mm -hmm. so that can actually build up and becomes piled up trauma throughout the years Uh, that's not really good and then it could actually reach reach to physiological issues at some point Um, and and this is something that I realized a lot of my friends who are in my age who didn't actually deal with the tension and the and the traumas that they had developed actually a lot of physiological issues with their ulcers mm. whether i've heard that many times i've heard that even the time in the womb when it's quite traumatic has a lot of imprints in the health of of people yes yes so everything goes back to psychological mm-hmm. health and this is also one of the key elements that he emphasized on and he, and he's saying this from a medical perspective mm-hmm. also from medical Amazing. research that psychological traumas are the main vital core to physiological diseases i agree with that completely so imagine you as a person who live your whole life and you don't deal with all the stressors and all the uh, all the red flags and all the traumas and all the pain that you go through Uh, you have to have a detox system doesn't matter what it is you don't have to do sports but find something that works for you inshallah you paint on walls Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but if that really gets you going and if it really helps you but again doing these stuff what i realize as uh, from an athletic background it's it it fuels out the anger and the grief but it never completes to cure it because curing that takes a whole lot of job. It takes a lot of internal conversation. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of work. So just because you're doing something that is de-stressing you, it doesn't mean it's going to heal you, you know? And that's, and that's a very key element in what I learned. And is there any final thing you'd like to share with yeah, the mindfulness yeah. have audience before theory though i have marathon friday oh yes yes, yes. so tomorrow uh, by the way thank you before i go you know big shout outs to you for helping me it's and teaching a me a lot about stretching <laughs> and yoga and oh yeah i would like to hear just like quickly how is the stretching going honestly look you know i've 
<laughs> I didn't do a lot of stretching when I when I started running. Mm -hmm. I never knew the importance of stretching. I would hear a lot of athletes would talk about it, but then I would ignore it. Um, but the first session that I had with you, a couple of days later, I actually broke my personal record. So shout out to me. <laughs> yeah, was, uh, so so how comfortable I felt afterwards, how mm -hmm. light my legs felt afterwards. And I've done a lot of mobility classes. Mm -hmm. um, your work really hits different, and I'm and I'm saying this truthfully as as a as a as a reviewer to your actual work, because I've I've done private classes. I never came out this comfortable. I never came out this relaxed, this relief. My hamstrings, my thighs, my leg itself. I I just felt amazing, you know. I look forward to hearing how you break your personal record. Hopefully, on hopefully. So tomorrow that would be one of the, one of the sessions. Oh, um, tomorrow's Friday, right? So tomorrow's oh, Friday. Tomorrow. Tomorrow's oh Friday. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so big shout outs to all the athletes doing it tomorrow. It's it's a big event, and I love seeing this community mm. come into life here in Qatar. Uh, the athletes, the running community. So yeah. And you have all the support of the Mindfulness Hub audience. Yeah. Our yeah. Mindful yeah. Tribe is going to be cheering for yeah. you tomorrow. Yeah. Amazing. I appreciate and it. And it's been a pleasure to have you today. I always learn so much from you, Ahmed, and yeah. I wish Likewise. you all the best Likewise. tomorrow. Honestly, you're a school of thoughts too. You know, Thank so. you so much. So best of Thanks luck. Thanks for Maxi as well. Oh, Thank yeah, you, Maxi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come here, Maxi. Yeah. yeah, our guest for the day. There you go. And Any last words of wisdom? Last, last words of wisdom, Maxi. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't chew on a bone. <laughs> yeah. Breathe properly before yeah, eating. Properly before <laughs> so we've reached the end of episode 18. Uh, don't forget to follow, subscribe, share, and drop me any comment for any future topics you'd like me to discuss. I'll be with you in the next episode. Have a great week ahead. Mm -hmm.